Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Irish NFL show. It is time for the week 17 review. But first of all, happy new year to everyone. Happy new year, Christina, Brian, Gollum. All right. So we have uh, we have uh, an esteemed panel with us tonight and Mark will be joining us at some point in the proceedings. So stay tuned. OK, so it was a it was a mad weekend of games. Even I watched the Panthers this weekend, guys, and was crushed at the end. But it's, I suppose that's the way it goes. And uh, we'll get into that. In fact, maybe that's where we should start. So I suppose. The way I describe it as a as a non-expert like your unlike yourselves is for three and a half quarters, the Panthers were gonna win. And it was looking brilliant. And I was like, this is ridiculous. They they might actually do this. And then Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. And I swear to God, I was sitting with my mother-in-law and father-in-law who were over for, for the holiday season, and they're Panthers fans. And I said, Ah, Tom Brady, he can only do the short passes now. When he immediately threw a massive long pass to Mike Evans and that was the beginning of the end. Uh, although they kind of almost hung on at the very end there. But anyway, enough of me. I want to hear from you. So um, maybe I'll start with you, uh, Brian. What was your take on it? And is it just Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things? Uh, combination of Brady and I would say some poor play by the Panthers secondary. You're right, looking for, for three and a half quarters. It looked like it was the, the game was there for the, the Panthers. You have a quarterback, like Sam Darnold, who puts up 340 yards and throws for three touchdowns. And they're not the kind of numbers we're used to seeing from Sam Darren throughout, throughout the course of his, his career. But he must be wondering today how he hasn't come out on, on the winning the winning side. He goes in and puts a performance like that. And they look like the game was there for him. And look, we did call out on the show Thursday, there was a concern around the secondary of the Panthers. Uh, Jackson was out. Uh, JC Horn was ruled out during the week. They're really key players for them. They had players, uh, Taylor and Henderson playing, who were just not at that level. And they got exposed, and Mike Evans, who hasn't had a touchdown since week four, has had a very off-season. His connection with Tom Brady throughout the course of the year hasn't been great. He goes and has a big game, 10 receptions, 207 yards, a monster game, three touchdowns. And you're right about these bombs in which Brady was thrown. I was looking at today, 63-yarder, 57-yarder, and a 30-yarder touchdown. He came back, they did, the column called it last night in social engagement. He referred to Fergie time and, you know, uh, very getting into players' heads and, and into managers' heads, and Brady just seems to have that knack of getting into opposing defensive coordinators' heads, and, and they got away from what was working for large parts of the game, and it's a really disappointing one for the Panthers because it looked like they had the momentum to go and win that game, and, and the Bucks are in the playoffs, but judging by what we saw and the fact that Sam Darnold can go and put 340 yards on that defence, um, they're going to play the Cowboys in all likelihood now with the, the offence that the Cowboys have going into the playoffs. I find it very difficult to see how the Bucks can can win that game. But look, Brady has a way of doing these things when no one expects it. Um, big win, but disappointing for a team with the pants that looked like they had all the momentum. Everybody was playing for the coach to, to finish the game in, in the way it did, in the manner it did. So big win for the Bucks, disappointing loss for all the Panthers fans. Yeah, big time. And indeed, uh, Tom Brady just constantly still surprising. Christina, what's your take on it? I mean, He's a former Patriot, to say the least. Uh, were you surprised? Not surprised? What happened? You know there? what? We've seen this through the years with Patriots. We've actually seen Tom Brady pull his socks up when he needs to pull his socks up. You could really see, though, at the end of the first half, he was visibly upset with everyone. Goodwin lost a fumble. Ryan Suckup missed a field goal. You know, 
it was just everything against the books and it was all Carolina. And then you've seen them come back and him and Mike what a duo. Absolutely amazing altogether. You know, Darnold just really proved to be so inconsistent in the second half. It just seemed that it was like everyone in the defense had just given up and it just was a horrible deja vu when Mike Evans took that second touchdown. It really just was horrible to watch coming towards the end. I really feel for Panthers. They really done great. You know, I've got some really good um, Carolina friends who were screaming that, you know, Panthers are doing what they normally do, which is suck at the start of the season. And then when it matters coming towards the end of the season, that's when they really start to rally around. And then that completely screws up their draft pick. Um, but look, at, we'll see what's going to happen next week with Tampa for sure. If they keep this momentum of a really crappy start and then a second finish, I don't think it's going to cut the mustard coming towards the playoffs. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, and you're right. It was classic sort of Panthers thing. Even my Panthers loving uh, in-laws were sort of going, you know what? Like we had this crazy shot here uh, suddenly at the end of the season when we really shouldn't have had a shot. So uh, I guess I can't be too disappointed, nor can they, but still it makes me dislike Tom Brady even more if that's even possible. Anyway, uh, moving on to the second game. And look who just joined us. Hello, Mark. Um, everyone. I just, 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 right, just in time, Kelly, to hear you slandering the great and immortal Tom Brady, yes. but that's okay. Yes, yes. We will pass it. Well, uh, Yes, let's not talk about Tom Brady any more than we have to. Uh, let's move on to the next game, which is actually the Broncos and the Chiefs. And speaking of fans with crushing sort of moments of last minute and very close games, uh, Colm, I'm sure you were slightly disappointed at the narrow margin here, but uh, Chiefs once again pulling it out. And I, I don't know, the Chiefs are just kind of amazing at doing this sort of stuff. Um, maybe I'll go to you first, Colin. What 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 was your takeaway from the game and, and what, what did you see? Uh, the, the Chiefs just always have the, I mean, this is 15 wins in a row and it doesn't seem to matter what the, the Broncos do. I will say, and this goes, I think, across all fa fandoms, uh, across all sports, um, the Broncos were absolutely shafted by the referees yesterday in terms of the offensive DPI call, in terms of the Frank Clark being offside, in terms of uh, roughing the passer. But the Broncos also got away with it a couple of weeks ago when Kareem Jackson used DeAndre Hopkins as a, a climbing frame and didn't get called for DPI. Fans tend to ignore that all the time. Um, I have no doubt that we might hear that from, um, you know, Christina or Mark next weekend or Mr. O'Leary in the playoffs. Um, we Cognitive dissonance means that, you know, we ignore what happens um, and, and how our own team benefits. Um, and so we, we focus purely on how the referees have done us wrong. So that's what the Broncos are going to focus on. They're also going to focus on the fact that it was a close game. But I would say that the Raiders, all, you know, ran the the league's informed team close. Does that mean that um, Stidham is the, the long-term answer for them? Um, I, I think the, the Broncos had to put up a performance after all that went on during the, the week, but um, there will be a lot of soul searching to be done. And I think what you're seeing um, already is that the, a lot of the talk has been around Harbaugh uh, with Michigan losing um, to TCU, the I suppose rumors are that talks may begin this week. Um, look, all, all you can say is that will be one to keep an eye on. And 
to the Chiefs. Andy Reid gets his second 13-win uh, season uh, in just the past three years and has never had a losing season. They are phenomenal. As long as he is there, they will be in with a, with a chance. But you would have to say that um, they too will have to up their game when the playoffs roll around. No doubt. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, I think Mike, they might have a fighting chance too. Um, Mark, seeing as you just came in there, I'd love to get your take on it as well on the Broncos Chiefs one. Yeah, sure, Kelly. I mean, I, I know I was watching this game and kind of wondering, did the Broncos players really hate Nathaniel Hackett that much that it was just a concerted effort to get him fired? And as soon as he got fired, they said, oh, well, we're going to start playing football again. Um, because clearly that Broncos team that turned out yesterday was not the same team that was definitely playing on Christmas Day. It was not the same team that's been playing for months this season. Um, they actually look like a cohesive unit. Was it all Nathaniel Hackett? Were the players conspiring in many respects? I know Colin's reaction, some people's reaction might have been, well, a lot of it was on Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, it was a pure uh, example of addition through subtraction, effectively. But you rightly called out Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he passed more milestones uh, at the weekend, over 5,000 yards. I think only the second player after Drew Brees to go over 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in two seasons in all time. And he's done it within the traditional 16 games. He hasn't needed that pesky extra 17th game to screw up uh, stats uh, across the board. Uh, Chris Jones really performed for the Chiefs when they needed to. But for the most part, it was a super sloppy game by the Chiefs. They almost, I mean this in the nicest possible way, they almost played down to the Broncos. There was a, a fumble punt return. There was a snap. There was a botched uh, extra point. There was a blocked field goal. Uh, there was Patrick Mahomes trying a super trendy little flick, getting intercepted by Justin Simmons. They, you know, it was never, I don't know, watching the game, I kind of felt like, yeah, they're losing, but they're going to come back in this. They've got way too much talent. They're way too much good a team over um, the Broncos to let it slip away. And that's how it ultimately proved. Again, punctuated by another Russell Wilson interception. Uh, late in the game, just when they needed Broncos needed him to stand up and step up, but it would have been a really costly loss, obviously, if they had. I mean, the, the Chiefs are still there with the chance of getting this number one seed. The Knights Monday Night Football game is going to be absolutely crucial to that between the Bills and the Bengals. With the Bengals, obviously, still have an outside chance, but if they'd lost, it would have been really thrown away that advantage. But sloppy game, they can play better than that, and they've got bigger tasks ahead. Uh, for the rest of 23. Bigger tasks ahead indeed. Um, okay, well, listen, let's move on um, to game three then. So we're going to talk about the Dolphins at the Patriots. And uh, on the previous show, you all went for the Patriots. And I think you were all sort of saying you reckon they'd edge it. And that's what happened. It was 23-21, if I'm right. Um, so Dolphins, though, they, they, they still have this this, page, this playoff chance in Week 18, depending on the Pats going next week. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Maybe, Christina, can I go to you first on this one? Look, Bill Belichick just goes to show he is actually still one of the greatest coaches in the NFL history. Simple as, you know, we really came back this week. We've had a really, really terrible run. I think what's been really interesting is that Mac Jones this week had the offense on his side. He was able to play. He looked less childish which is something I've been preaching about for quite some time is his antics on the ground and I can see Mark go you know smiling about that but let's look at Miami it was their fifth loss in a row 
you know, I'm really blindsided these guys coming into this game. You know, Bridgewater came in, he took over for Tua, but he had to leave due to an injury in the third. And then all of a sudden the pick six happened and that's when Patriots started to take momentum. I do think the defense was what kept us going on the day for sure. And it's something that, you know, it was it was a bit of a strange one. Both QBs were kind of coming together for, you know, Miami had a second QB on the field. You know, it's not great. It's not how they wanted to be. Tua coming back. There's rumors of him coming back next week or the week after. I'm sorry, we don't need another Antonio Brown element coming onto the pitch because it's actually a year ago today since Antonio Brown took off his shirt and waved and left that. We don't want to see Tua do that in a year's time. Um, how we're going to be next week? Don't think it's going to be as good or as strong next week. I was talking to Brian about this already today. I just don't feel we've got that kind of strength to be able to go up against the Bills. But look at, we'll see how it goes. And I can see Mark is sitting there, kind of Mark being a big Pats fan as well. He's agreeing with me on the Belichick, may not agree on other things, but I'm telling it as it is. I've been a huge fan for quite a long time. And I can see that, you know, we've got another year of rebuilding to do for sure. Well, I'll go to the other Pats fan. Lord of mercy, folks, we have two Pats fans on the show tonight. This is this is hardcore. Mark, what, what was your take on it? I saw you smiling away there. I, I was because, look, um, the Patriots should have won. They did win. It's, again, not going to change any of the narratives been swirling around. The offense was better than it has been. It still wasn't super efficient. They're relying upon return touchdowns in every game. I, mean, I, I actually texted a friend of mine um, being very frustrated through halftime saying that we need the traditional pick six in the second, third quarter now to get back on track because we've got it in the last three, uh, well, we've got a return TD in the last three games, pick six in the last two. Um, and sure enough, it turned up. And without that, the Patriots aren't winning the game. And obviously at the end, uh, Dolphins get a touchdown. There's an onside kick attempt, but with Skylar Thompson in place, if the Patriots didn't finish out, it'd be very worrying. I think what's more relevant is just having a little look at what's happened to Miami. And indeed, might as well throw in the New York Jets here. It is absolutely crazy. A few weeks ago, we were rightly lauding how everyone in the FC East was above 500 and was playing great. The Dolphins and Jets were turning their fortunes around. Now, the Dolphins have been wrecked by injuries, especially to Tua. It's a bit like how the Ravens season fell off the wagon with Jackson getting injured last year. Um, but they've lost five in a row. The Jets have lost four in a row. The Patriots winning two out of six have been the hot team in the AFC East in terms of going for this wild card. Um, and the Steelers, obviously, as we know, and we'll come to in due course, have come back into it. That absolute wheels falling off the wagon of multiple teams at the same time. And we can talk about the Patriots throwing away games against the Bengals and the Raiders, for example, as well in that, showing that they have not been immune and they've been definitely not playing great. It's almost been like uh, who actually wants this seventh seed, the seventh wild card, because um, it's been a bit of a stumble to the line, uh, to say the least. Um, so that's been part of the biggest story. Mike McDaniel, great first season in many respects for the first half. The second half has been a nightmare for him to try to coach through um, and, and addictive of some of the challenges the Dolphins have. And finally, I'll just say what Christina echoed about uh, Tua. Like, I mean, I think he's only third concussion of the year. Like, there is a bigger piece about the man's well-being, uh, especially in the circumstance of his first concussion at the start of the season where he was kept on the pitch where it was clearly affected. Um, McDaniel said they're holding him out. They are thinking of his long-term future. Um, I really hope that is the case. 
um, because that's scary scenarios and situations. No doubt about it. Um, okay, well, um, we'll move on to the next game, and we're we're talking about the Vikings at the Packers here. Um, so from a four and eight record, the Pack have run the table, and they're now one win away apparently from making the playoffs. Um, and they did have a, a win, a dominant win. My God, it was a big score uh, against pretty lackluster Vikings. Um, I mean, really, from what I could tell, I didn't watch the game, but it was pretty much over by half time, as far as I could tell. Um, maybe, Colm, do you want to give us your take on on this one, the the, the Vikings and the Packers? Yeah, Kala, there were a number of games that were pretty one-sided yesterday, but I would argue that the Packers were the most dominant team on the day they beat up on the Vikings every which way imaginable. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, truly had a, a nightmare. Justin Jefferson could have been ejected, ended up hitting a ref, similar to Jerry Judy a few weeks ago, and nothing went right. Even the stories that are coming out um, of the Vikings camp today only make things sound worse. The Vikings had talked about Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff had preached about wearing uh, seven uh, studded cleats in order for grip, um, but a lot of the players didn't listen and they were falling all over the place at the beginning of the, the game yesterday. Kevin O'Connell is talking about it being a teachable moment. Um, for the 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 Packers, they, you know, there was a lot of talk from them in the run-up to the game, and they absolutely backed it up. Um, it will be an interesting one next week. They are going up against a divisional rival in the, the Lions, who defensively um, haven't been good, offensively have been good, an awful lot on the, the line. But we have already seen Tom Brady book his place to the playoffs um, will we see Aaron Rodgers do likewise? Will we indeed? Um, and Brian, what, what what was your take on this one? The Vikings have been underdogs in four games this season. Um, the Buckies know what they're talking about. They've lost all four games. Um, and yesterday was quite a dominant game. I haven't had a Kirk Cousins rant since since August, so now, now here's the time. Here we go. Um, he's, he's thrown for 623 uh, passes this season, as opposed to 561 at this day's last season. More passes, less touchdowns, double his interceptions. His QBR rating is down, but yeah, he's having a fantastic season. Kirk Cousins is what I always thought he was. He's good and he's manageable, but when you put him in a situation like in Green Bay, when you really want him to step up, it doesn't materialise. And Ultimately, I think that's why they're going to lose out in the playoffs, and they've already fallen back now. The two seed looks like it's gone for them, which means they're going to have to go on the road very early in the playoffs. I'd imagine that's when they'll quickly be shown again to be the team that they are. Look, the coach has done a great job this year, but this game yesterday, we all picked the Vikings. We felt that the, we felt that this Packers run was a bit misguided in a sense because of the teams in which they've beaten, but they showed yesterday that they really are on a, on a hot streak. I mean, their game is over so early, and the mistakes as well, boy. The Vikings. I mean, you've got a special teams touchdown early, followed by an intercept, pick six interception. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the guy that we all thought would come out and maybe he's the guy firing around all the pass and they'd win the game through him. They didn't have to really do that because the Vikings gave it to them. They handled them with special teams and interceptions. It's kind of similar to what we saw a few weeks ago against the Colts. They managed to come back in that game against a very poor Colts side, obviously. Packers right now and defensively, yesterday for the Packers, a lot better than what we've seen throughout the course of the season. They were quite dominant and it's a big win for them, big game for next week, but for the Vikings, I'd be concerned going into the playoffs. Mark, I saw you itching to get in there. What, what Did you have a thought? 
And I was just going to say a couple of weeks ago, Hale, I think the um, Packers going into the Bears, and I said, well, they're going to beat the Bears, but this whole them going to the playoffs is nonsense because then they have the Dolphins and the Vikings and the Lions. And I said, they'll beat the Bears, but they won't beat the Dolphins, they won't beat the Vikings, and they won't beat the Lions. Uh, well, two or three have been proved wrong. The serving of humble pie is cooking nicely in the oven just as we speak, uh, and I'm getting ready to eat it. I, I hope and pray for Dan Campbell's Lions, but we assume, actually, just a point on this, we assume that the Packers-Lions is going to be the late Sunday night game. Uh, everything seems lined up for it. Tennessee, Jacksonville has already been scheduled in for the month Saturday night which is the only other division title kind of real big playoff push. So it's probably likely it's going to be a Sunday night game. If it is, Detroit may be eliminated already if the Seahawks win the game early on. So everything, the atmosphere at Lambeau Field, is all gearing up in the right way for the Packers. So everything's leaning in their favor. I have to say one thing. Last night, um, the atmosphere of the Packers, you watch the Raiders game and you see 49ers fans infiltrating it, Chargers games, everyone's infiltrating it. There wasn't a single Vikings fan, if they were lucky, anywhere within Lambeau Field. That atmosphere was electric, and a credit to Green Bay and the franchise overall. Brian, do you have a quick one there? Yeah, sorry, Mark, you're right. Sorry, in the last hour, the NFL have confirmed the schedule for Sunday. The pack game is Sunday Night Football. Yeah. I hadn't seen it, but I guessed it. Yeah, fair enough. All right.